Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We're going to be drinking some homebrews, talking about homebrew, talking to homebrewers. It's a whole homebrewer thing. If you're not a homebrewer, you probably shouldn't be listening because you'll probably be real bored, I guess. Or you just might learn something. I mean, yeah. I wonder if we've helped any homebrewers go pro over the years. Like, we used your recipe advice, and now we're making a million dollars. And you, of course, mucks are. Here's a Tesla. Well, we did speak to uh, Sonoma Springs. Remember those yeah, guys that came yeah. in? Those, so we gave them feedback on their Kolsch, if I remember. Homebrewers done good. Yeah. yeah. I've tasted some of their beers again lately. They're, they're doing a really good job there. Yeah, yeah so there's one. Yeah. I can tell you that for right now. There's there's definitely one. Uh, before we get to Josh, who is our first beer, I want to tell you guys about Five Star Chemicals, the title sponsor of this show since 2013, I'm pretty sure that's that's the uh, the timeline there. But uh, they're good folks. They can teach you how to make better beer by cleaning and sanitizing. They have the best chemicals on the market. Don't believe anything else that you read or hear about or some anecdotal information, some BS that someone else tries to feed you about. Like, oh, I have this, uh, this organic peppermint root oil that I just poured in, and then I fart into the carboy, and it reacts, and it eats. It doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It sanitizes. It also it turns into beer at the same time. It's a three-step <laughs> process. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Don't listen to stuff you hear on the street. That's true. I mean, I kind of. We're running a little behind. I kind of want to just like BS and ramble, but we didn't do that on the last show, and we don't really have time to do it on this show either. I feel like we're just we're all business right now. Yeah, go for it. Let's let's just, uh, I can't. We got. I got to get Josh on. Let's we got to get going now, and we'll party later, man. We're uh, we're already eleven minutes uh, late in calling Josh. Josh, Josh is at the airport right now. Josh, are you there? <laughs> uh, hello. Passenger 37. <laughs> Please pick up the white phone. Josh. I hear you. I Well, actually, more importantly, I hear the PA. <laughs> the white zone yeah. is for loading and unloading only. <laughs> Josh. There uh, we go. Hey, hello. what's up, dude? Hey, hey sir. <laughs> How you doing, man? Oh, Please. I'm hanging in there. Where, where are you flying to, dude? I'm flying from SFO to Cincinnati, so... Oh, oh God, why? <laughs> well, because I live near Cincinnati, oh, okay. and they sent me to San Francisco on a mm. short-notice business trip, so... Let me guess, Procter & Gamble or Ethicon? Neither. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. My, my dad was a, a P&G guy for many, many years and always had to fly to Cincinnati. And they're not uh, paging you to the uh, podium yet there, uh... <laughs> no, I guess we we have about uh, eight minutes or so before they're going to before they're going to call me. So. Oh, okay. okay. Well, let's okay. Uh, let's get into this real fast, Josh. We'll skip all okay. the formalities. Brian Cooper, go ahead yes. and, uh, and and get your uh, get your notes into Josh's okay. ear right now, so he can digest this on the plane. This is the uh, the cap with the B on it. Here, it's a pretty uh, uh, pretty looking beer. Uh, Came out with a what uh, style is this? We're we're drinking a chocolate rum sweet stout. It's a sweet stout base. We're judging it as a spicer vegetable beer. Okay. Thirty eight. Uh, thirty. Yeah, thirty eight. Uh, pleasant light roastiness. It has hints of chocolate. Uh, very light though. No obvious hops. Not very sweet either. Smelling. Uh, it's kind of you know smells like a, a basic stout, but not not as much like a a milk stout or sweet stout. The um, the rum is extremely uh, obscured and subtle here. I'm not getting a lot of that in the nose. It's just a faint little, uh, well, I might be imagining it too. Uh, low fruity esters, no DMS or diacetyl, uh, which is nice. It's a clean beer. Uh, rich, deep, dark brown color. has a low t- uh, low head of mostly finer tan-colored bubbles. 
and their attention's fairly good. Uh, sixth round, had sixth round for quite a while. It's kind of moose-like. Um, flavor-wise, it's got a rich, grainy, roasty, and slight coffee-like uh, character to the malt. There is some low chocolate as well. Um, it seems cleanly fermented. Uh, again, no obvious rum. The uh, the balance is, is definitely to the malt. Um, getting coffee and light roast in the aftertaste, uh, but but no sweet creamy impression as 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 I would hope to have balancing the um, the the stout uh, character in the beer and making it uh, fit the sweet stout style. Um, it's just yeah, it's roast and coffee, um, mostly coffee I guess. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, I'm getting a medium. It's a medium-bodied beer, um, possibly just a bit light for the style, but uh, medium-low carbonation, no obvious warmth. I think also the sweetness makes it feel a little fuller-bodied when you get a lot of that lactose in there and and um, have it playing that way. Um, light, light, faint astringency in there, not too bad, uh, but just not as creamy and smooth as hoped. It's really got to be a creamy, smooth um, sipping beer to fit that that style. And um, there's no alcohol heat or anything here. It's just, yeah. Uh, obviously, a, a well-brewed beer overall. Um, it's just lacking much of the, the sweetness that the style requires and not very much rum at all. Uh, very light chocolate is there. I'm definitely getting that. And it's not unpleasant at all. It's 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 coming across, uh, you know, nicely. It doesn't have any, any peppery, you know, uh, gnarliness that you sometimes get with... Um, you know, if, while with coffee, you can sometimes get different um, characters, and with with chocolate, if you don't do it the right way, it can be harsh and biting. It's it's smooth. It's not uh, not too too biting. Um, but I think you know, this a little sweetness is going to help us out. Like definitely need some more lactose. And if you're gonna declare the rum, I mean, you don't have to here. It's it's fine. You can just declare the chocolate. But I'd push up the chocolate and either drop out the rum or. You know, bump it up to a point where it's coming across with the chocolate and the style, and you get it a little sweeter. So, I, I hated to. I really like the beer, I, mm. but I had to give it a twenty nine just because it's it's not to the style and some of the declared uh, ingredients, as we were talking about on our last show, uh, not coming across that 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 dings it. And as a judge, you just have to drop it down a bit. So, um, it it still hits in the good territory. It's a good beer. Just kind of missed the mark on the style and had you know. Didn't really have any big flaws, but just had deficiencies as far as what was declared. So, but yeah, thanks for sharing it. It's a tasty beer. All right, yeah, Brian Char. Let me race through this uh, so we can hear your recipe and, and get to you. I largely echo what what Brian said. It was six for aroma. Aroma was very low in general. Uh, didn't get the rum uh, and didn't really smell like a lot of anything. And it may have been because it was too cold. Uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, appearance three out of three. Uh, flavor uh, nine out of twenty. It was. It there were no off flavors. Nothing technically wrong with it, but it's something that's declared as a chocolate rum milk stout. I got lactose being barely noticeable. Rum was not noticeable. Uh, chocolate malt definitely present. I like my stouts to have a lot of chocolate malt, so that that was there and really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but again, this this was more of a things that were declared that I couldn't perceive issue rather than that there was something technically wrong with the beer. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Um, I thought that it was a uh, overall impression, gave it 5 out of 10 for a total of 28. Uh, it's a good stout, but it doesn't really show off the rum or the milk-slash-sweet characteristics as advertised. So I would try to use next time either more lactose or not call it a milk stout, uh, and then do something with the rum, perhaps with you know wood aging or something. I hard hard to tell. Rum can be kind of a subtle, subtle spirit. But uh, in the very minimal time we have left, can you tell us about your uh, recipe and process? Sure. My uh, recipe started out actually as a, a brewer's best milk stout kit that I then turned into an all grain recipe huh. and hmm. went from there and. and I decided to use rum because so many people use, you know, vodka and and some of the 
the less uh, obvious liquors to get their chocolate into their beer. Right. Um, yeah, it's, and a it, it's surprising that you guys didn't notice the rum or that you didn't get the sweetness because actually I use this uh, this base beer as a uh, part of my Iron Brewer entry for my uh, club. And I got cloying remarks from <laughs> from the judges oh. in that. So I was like, okay, maybe it lost something. Maybe it's you know, drying out. Maybe packaging or transport. But. What is what is your club, by the way? Give them a quick shout out. Uh, it's Draft Dayton Regional Amateur Fermentation Technologists. Nice. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Mm. I mean, yeah, I I think I can kind of see the cloying. I think maybe the the lactose and the milk stout's a little too much. And it kind of is washing everything else out or not letting it poke just, through, maybe? I, I it's like a condom. There's a little and nothing sweetness. nothing else is getting <laughs> There's a little sweetness. I'm just not getting a lot of... I, I get uh, some... But from a milk stout, you're going to have enough lactose that it's going to give you some additional body. And mm-hmm. it's just not... the To me, the lactose is kind of a low... Level. What what you beer did you so? do? What what beer did you do that you were getting a cloying? Uh, this was you said this was a base for something else you did. What was the beer that you you used this as a base? So it was actually a the, the theme was chocolate and flowers, um, and part of that cloyingness was contributed to. Uh, I used a rose syrup, and oh, so there you go. That that got there. Um, but even even the base itself um, tended to get some cloying back uh, feedback from from some of the guys in the club. Hmm. So um, I'm just not getting that. Maybe it's an exact like there's maybe something happened in the bottle, or maybe there's additional fermentation so, or something. But, but then it would be gushing. It's not yeah. doing that either. So maybe they're just wrong. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, very well could be sometimes. Someone sort of laughed at that. Uh, yeah. Oh, we, but it, you can't laugh at like actual facts. I know. Yeah, well, what, who says? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get a whole lot of rum, but but sort of at the same. What kind of rum did you did you use, and, and how did you use it? The cheapest dark rum I could find. Um, <laughs> so I I used two mason jars with uh, with the coconut nibs in each one, and then split uh, eight ounces of. There was eight ounces of uh, dark rum in each one, and then at the end, combined it with a little vanilla and, and tossed it in at packaging. Rum is weird, dude. Like it's you know b- bourbon, I think, and, and, and whiskey and stuff. You do kind of have a large, um, I don't know, playing field with price, right? And um, what am I trying to say? I think rum isn't as forgiving. I think there's there's a lot of really yeah. bad rums out there. Uh, for the price, rum is very cheap, considering uh, you know when you're comparing it with like uh, bourbon or whiskey or whatever. You can buy a twelve to fifteen year rum for forty bucks. That's exquisite, um, and that's hard to do in, in the bourbon world. But like the super cheap, the dark stuff, usually that's caramel, you know, colored. Um, a really good the Myers rum or like some of that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, those are fine rums, but uh, Whalers I think is like the kind of cheaper, really the, the cheap one. Um, if you have a Trader Joe's near you or something, they have uh, Rum of the Gods, which is lightly aged rum. It's not mm-hmm. real dark, but that's a really good rum for like eight bucks a bottle. I would, if you do it again, I would just stay away from the the cheap dark rums because I think quite often that they have a they have a coloring syrup added to them. And I think that could potentially carry over into weird flavors. So, Josh, you put cacao nibs in the rum. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. So did you use any chocolate malt? Yes. There's, okay. uh, let me get my recipe here. There's uh, eight ounces of chocolate malt and eight ounces of chocolate wheat malt. In a uh, five-gallon batch size? Yeah, this is a five-gallon batch size. Was, and then there was a pound of lactose that I used in that as well. Hmm. What was the rest of your malt bill? Uh, the rest of my bill was 10 pounds of Maris Otter, which I actually used a, a local variant uh, that's grown by Rustic Brew Farms uh, just north of Dayton. Um, oh, nice. Of their, their equivalent. Those new artisan and, uh, maltsters are fun to work, play with, yeah. And then... Uh, Pound and a half of flaked oats and a pound of crystal malt, uh, eighty level bond. Yeah, and then there was a uh, four ounces of black barley. Okay, and not much hop, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, there's a half ounce of Eldorado and a half ounce of Cascade. Yeah, yeah, just enough to get a little bittering. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really enjoyable beer. I, I sure don't find anything wrong with it just for drinking. I think I get a little bit of 
maybe kind of some spiciness in the back of the throat, maybe from the rum. Um, it's pretty subtle, but it's, yeah. But I, I agree with Jason, and I, I think that maybe uh, next time you might try, it may be interesting to try like a light rum and put the cacao nibs in that. And then you're not having to worry about, well, is there, is there caramel flavoring or where's the dark character coming from from the rum? And you can kind of control the darkness with the, the cacao nibs. Uh, and what do you think, Jason? Does that seem? Am yeah. I just totally off base on no, that? You're I the mean, one that does the spirits show. Yeah. Well, it, it depends also, really, uh, Josh, about what you're trying to achieve with the rum. If you're just looking for flavor and stuff, you know. Well, again, let me back. I'm still learning about rum, but <clears throat> from what I understand, is the coloring of rum doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit. It just means that it has coloring in either from a barrel or whatever. But it doesn't mean anything as far as aging goes. You can have a clear rum that's a ten year old rum. It just hasn't yeah. seen any oak or lightly aged rum uh, are are typically the kind of more you know lager colored rums really yeah. so yeah it just, i was i was going for something that was gonna add kind of compliment to the the sweetness mm-hmm. um, but also add kind of a unique uh flavor or just a unique addition to a good base beer i i can i can get it i can definitely see that uh, did you did you do anything with oak cubes in here i apologize if you if you said and, and i missed it no actually this is so this is ver- technically version two but version one point whatever um i i used a, a black swan uh honeycomb uh i think it was i used uh toasted white oak Okay. Uh, for that batch, and okay. I couldn't really tell much of a difference, and to me, I got as much of the same taste or character using just adding vanilla to it. Because I, I, I get some rum coming up from my gut, <laughs> which is weird when I exhale through my nose. I can I can get, I, I, it's there. For me, uh, there's too much lactose in it. It's too sweet, and so I think it's covering up some of that mm. rum. Um, you might try a lightly aged rum when you put your cacao nibs in, then maybe some oak cubes, and just make a tincture out of that, um, or put some cute. Like I, I think it maybe needs some some oak, just just a little bit. I think you know, not not an yeah. extensive aging, but just a, 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 a touch a touch of maybe tannin. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something the else. Tannin, the vanilla. Yeah, I, I, I love I love rum, the concept here. Yeah, I do. I really do. And and rum is again, rum is weird because you don't you can drink it on your own, but it doesn't really nobody really does that, right? Unless you're a weirdo like me. Mm. Um, and and then again, you're you're drinking rums that are 15 years old, 12 years old, or more on their own because they kind of taste more like bourbons really than than rums rums are really built in my opinion for again in my dumb opinion for mixing with shit mm-hmm. so it needs something uh it's supposed to be underlying but this i think maybe the lactose is a little too a little too much that's what i'm getting in my mouth the lactose kind of carries it kind of just eliminates everything Huh. I think we're we're kind of at odds with JP because you know yes. uh, neither one of us got any of that. You mean of, I'm right? That's what you're the saying. Coffee and cream <laughs> um, <laughs> that you expect with a sweet stout. Yeah. Um, that sweet character. Uh, it does have an odd sweetness to it in a way. There's something in there that, that has a little could be the rum twist to it. it I, I would bet but, it's some uh, of that rum. Yeah. JP is a lactose super taster. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like it. I, I think I think what you're doing here, Josh, is really good. Um, you know, maybe you know up the up the chocolate presence with some pale chocolate in your in your stout or something like that. I think this beer could really use a, a more of a chocolate oomph and go from there. Yeah, and if, yeah, I mean, if I your other start. friends told you it was too sweet, maybe, maybe they're right too. But yeah, yeah. Play, play with the lactose level. Maybe, Lactose and pale chocolate. Maybe take the same beer yeah. and, and add more to one and less to another, and just see where where it falls in a happier place for for you and, yeah. and everybody else that's tasting it. And yeah. JP is the king of uh, the nibs. I like nibs, dude. Yeah. Is that is that good, Josh? Did we help or hinder? No. Yeah. That's okay. that's absolutely what I was looking for. I was looking for feedback that awesome. was awesome going to be you know from people that weren't going to just tell me hey this is good beer um, and, <laughs> and had, it is good know, it is good and no, I, I've, good. I've enjoyed drinking yeah. this uh did, did we go over his recipe yet i forget he gave yes. them okay good pill. yeah okay all right uh anything else josh any other questions you have no i i think you guys covered it and i i appreciate the feedback and and 
for you having me on. <laughs> oh, God, you're sitting next no to the problem. baby on that airplane. You're going to have a nice flight on the way home, aren't you? It's my well, baby. I got I got my Bose noise-canceling headphones, so <laughs> there we go. that's right, how good. I'm talking to you guys. So yeah. I'm, you're good. Nice. Gosh, please I'm, report I think I'm going to be all right. Gosh, good. The gate 37, please. Right, Josh, this is final boarding call for mm. flight 267 to 69. We'll let you go, Josh. All right, guys. All right, thanks. Cheers, thanks. Have a good flight, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, I get enough of that crying shit at home. I don't even hear uh, that, That's a dedicated uh, participant in the show yeah, to uh, yeah, take place it. in this while he's walking down the jetway and getting seated next to crying babies. Absolutely. Hey, before we go to a break, everybody, the Smart Brew water testing kit incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use because it takes great water to make great beer. It's the only meter on the market that runs with water tests with no math needed on your port. On your part, you can have the ability to test for over forty different water quality tests. Four come already preloaded, so you don't have to worry about that. And you can grab more through the app. You can test for stuff like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more with only four mils of water needed for each one. Go to smartbrewkit.com. Use code TBN10 at checkout and save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit we are going to take a very quick break we're going to come back and we're going to oh, not not that break you dumb muck there we go what? we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're gonna drink some more beer and do the stuff we do it's dr homebrew um stay with us Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We've got high fill here. <laughs> we got a, we we got got a high fill. Hi, Phil. Like, I opened the cap, and it dripped onto my fingers and down the side. Before we get to Chris, i got to ring him up here real fast. I want to let you guys know that Pico Brew exists at PicoBrew.com. You can go there. If you're looking for any sort of automation in your life for home brewing, they're the company to do it, and let me exa- let me explain why you might be looking for it. If you have kids, if you don't have time to sit there and turn ball valves, I know it's cool. I, have kids. I really appreciate doing it. I, I love turning too. ball valves. I love p- plugging in pumps and priming pumps and getting fucking hot wart splashed on your boot and then down your shoe, and you have I- to take your shoe off. And I I love all of that stuff, but I also need time. Yeah. And now that I have a kid. I, I don't have a whole lot of time. So what I love about Pico Brew is they have machines where you can just plug them in, and it brews the recipe for you consistently. It won't forget the hop addition. It won't, Pico Brew will not get too drunk. That's mm. that should be their their slogan. <laughs> it won't get too drunk to forget the last hop addition. You still edition. have time to do that. But you can right. You can still have time to do that. But you can play with your family. You can go shopping. You can put up the Christmas lights like I did, or and, and maybe the take them down from your phone. Do whatever you gotta do. Plus, if you get the machine, like I think it's the Pico Z. The Z is coming. Yeah, it's shipping today. You can um, you can use it with the still, the Pico still, which I have. I have a Pico still. I'm going to get the Z coming to me here soon, and I can make hop essence. You're going to distill the yeah. fuck out of some essential oils. I'm going to make so much water distilled. <laughs> Hell water. yeah! I'll be honest with you guys. Right now, I have. I and I meant to. I would have brought some. 
but I don't have a whole lot of it. I, I have like four and a half liters of uh, sugarcane juice that I mm-hmm. fermented. Mm-hmm. Started at ten seventy, finished at like one. Mm-hmm. Slam! Not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm really excited about it. Uh, well, because there's there's a, a lot. I guess apparently a lot of uh, pH issues potentially with with fermenting sugar, like straight sugar. Interesting. So you have to watch that because it'll, of course, it'll kill your 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 ferment. But uh, anyway, so I'm excited for my pico to, because I'm really just gonna. It, that's just there to drink while I ferment or oh, exactly. while I while I distill yeah. hop oils. Well, you want to distill. Why wouldn't you want to distill your hop oil? You can right. use the the still with other models besides just the Z. So. You can you can yeah. you can use the Zymatic, and I C. and I do have the the, yeah. the connections for that. The problem with the with the, using it for the Zymatic is you can't adjust the temperatures as per, as well uh, as you can with yeah. the other things. So yeah. it depends on what you want to do. But anyway, regardless, go to picobrew.com, check them out. If if you've all you've heard is like bad stuff about people going, oh well it's not really home brewing. Those people are stupid. They're stupid yes. dummies. Hmm. Don't listen to them. Uh, they're people who can't accept change. So uh, check it out. It might be the right thing for you. You you never know. You know what I'm excited about is I've brewed ten gallon batches for a long time. Yeah, that's a lot for like one or two people to drink. Yes, I drink two and a half gallons, then it goes bad. Yeah, and I get bored with it or it gets stale. And I'm looking forward to being able to experiment and make like some weird shit, like you know, some kind of you know uh, imperial (laughs) goes or something. And if it's crap, you know, get throw it out. It's two and a half gallons, and if it's great. I drink it before it's stale. Well, right. And so I have a 10-gallon system that I haven't used in like four years because yeah. it's 10 gallons of beer. I've had a five-gallon keg of Heretic Vienna Lager at my house for a month. Mm-hmm. I can't get through it. Yeah. I, just, I don't... Why I don't, haven't you invited me to your house? Oh, that's, a good, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll I, help you get through that. <laughs> well, I don't want to, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a thing where I, I just don't drink as much anymore. I don't enter competitions. Right. I don't. No, I, I don't go to a club meeting, so I don't need. The, I don't need that much beer. For me, yeah. it's recipe formulation and tasting. That's, That's what part. I love yeah. about homebrewing. I, I honestly Agreed. probably twenty uh, percent of the time I've brewed with that with the Zymatic, I forget to fucking keg it. Yeah. And it just sits there. I have to pour it out anyway because it's just all yeast bitten and whatever. So yeah. I really just like. I like the aspect of brewing. I like recipe formulation. And, exactly. Um, what I don't like doing is missing my mash temperature. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've downsized my living uh, quarters significantly. Yeah. Don't have a garage. Don't have an outdoor place to brew anymore. This will be perfect so for you, So this is what I, what I need. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's get Chris on the line here. And uh, we popped his beer. He's a Schwartz beer that we're uh, going to be drinking here. Chris, are you with us? Hey. Hey. I'm, I'm with you. What's going on, dude? Welcome, Chris. Not much. How are you doing? Oh, we're all right. Hey, before we get into it, though, let's talk about bottle fills. Bottle for fills. A, <laughs> for bottle a fills. Are you uh, oxygen paranoid, sir? Do, can we? <laughs> can we? Uh, Man, Brian, your brain. Brian uh, pop the the cap on your bottle, and it's like you can't get any more beer into that bottle. <laughs> I just it was right at the. I top, couldn't man. open it without spilling some on my hand. I didn't yeah. tip it that much. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not an expert. I, I did my best. <laughs> How do you? Uh, I, and I'm, of course, I'm just playing because it doesn't really matter. Uh, but how are you filling these? Uh, so just off the off the keg, I've got okay. um, basically like a growler filler with an old like bottle filler that I, I use. Oh, it, it's a, a pretty ghetto setup, but it, it does the job. Kinda. Yeah, I mean, you still, yeah. look, dude, you still have much. you still have carbonation in it. And well, that's, yeah, uh, with my beers, yeah. I don't think I could physically fill it that full. Like you get when I'm capping, I'm capping on foam, and the foam is creeping up as I'm doing it. I wait till <laughs> yeah. it, I get it to the right fill. It is sort and of when I do skill. it right, it, it creeps up <laughs> just to the top, and then I cap it. it uh, Chris also does that when he's filling up his gas tank. He uh, just you know hmm. pops off <laughs> right to the no, end there. Yeah, so I no, tried really hard on these ones to to like. You know, film as, as good as I can. Yeah, I, I knew they'd be sitting for a couple of weeks, but well, yeah, yeah. I, I have no clue how I got that much beer. To be honest, as long good, as you man. cap on foam, you're okay. So sometimes, yeah. if you fill the, and the beer is carbonated enough, if it's not foaming up into the um, the headspace, you can swirl the beer and get it, and or, or even tap it lightly on the on a surface and get it to foam up into the headspace. You're capping on foam when that dissipates. All you're left with is CO2 in the headspace, so you're good. I mean, a little oxygen, okay, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, how long I have you been homebrewing, dude? 
How long have you been How long have I been beer? homebrewing? Yeah. Um, so about seven years. Damn. Uh, it started about seven years ago. I've been like real serious about it the last maybe two, three years, I okay. guess. All right. Are you in a club? Yeah. Uh, I am not. Good. Clubs are oh, dumb, dude. Solar, you're, a, you're a lone wolf. Like <laughs> Solo Tim fly. Yeah. yeah, I'm a lone wolf. I, I do it all myself. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you made a, what is it, a Schwartz beer? It, yeah, it's a Schwartz beer. Awesome. Is this the first time you made something like this? Uh, yeah, so it's actually my second ever lager for oh, wow. first oh, ever nice. beer. All right. Well, hey, congratulations. Keep fighting the good fight and bringing loggers into the world. Dude, we need the more of them, please. I I try. I try. I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> of them. I, I seem to make more. All right, Brian Shar. Talk to Chris about his beer, please. Jason, are we allowed to give this information out with HIPAA? I mean, we, do we have doctor, uh, homebrew patient confidentiality issues that we can't uh, discuss this on the air? Are we okay? That is a hippopotamus. Okay, good. Uh, so I really enjoyed this beer. Uh, marching down my sheet, I noticed you had a uh, American flag cap on your beer, which is really cool, and I liked it. But don't do that in competition, uh, especially if you're known as the guy that has the American flag caps, because... That is one of the things that can possibly lead you to get disqualified. So you need to, uh, when you're entering something in comp, get like the plain silver, gold, whatever, just the, a plain cap. Uh, you don't want to run that risk of getting DQ'd because you I have mean, a that is Unless cap. you're entering the, the homebrew competition at the, the Republican National Convention, in which case that's the kind of cap that's required. Or, or the DNC gotcha. or something. Yeah, you know, or the, yeah, of course. Or, or the, the DSA. You know, you exactly. Know. The know. Washington, D.C. homebrew competition or the, uh, awards or something. Uh, so I, I, initially the aroma is uh, dark malt and slight roast. No hop aroma, no esters, no off aromas. Uh, it's very classic Schwartz beer uh, aroma. Give it nine out of twelve. Uh, appearance uh, colors dark brown with ruby highlights. I really like. It's a personal thing. I, I love dark beers that have that little bit of ruby. I don't know what causes yeah. that. I, mm. I really don't. But some it, to me, that's like if I have some ruby highlights holding it up to the light. That's telling me it's going to be tasty to drink. Uh, it's clear to the extent you can tell in such a dark beer. Head is low and persistent, but the head is lower than expected. Uh, so I gave this a two out of three for appearance. Knocked the point off for the head. Uh, flavor uh, initially is light roast uh, and dark malt. Very well attenuated, which is great, especially for a lager. You know, homebrew lagers often have the issue of they're just not attenuated enough where people ferment them too cold for not long enough or just they're not familiar enough with what's happening with, with the lager. This is very well attenuated, well done. Uh, medium bitterness, no hop flavor, great balance between the malt and the hop bitterness. Finish is long and balanced. Uh, there's no esters, which tells me this got fermented properly at, at, at the right temp, and this wasn't some sort of weird attempt at doing a lager at you know 70 degrees or something. Uh, so you have a 14 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Body's medium. Carbonation's low to medium. Uh, no warming. Uh, more perky than creamy. No astringency. I... You know, looking back on this, I've, I kind of I marked a few things off here and there. I, I want to give this a four out of five for mouthfeel because the carbonation is a little lower than I had uh, really wanted for this this beer. Overall impression, I gave eight out of ten. Uh, it's a really well done example of style. Uh, more carbonation. The, the the any the only flaw in this beer that I see is lack of carbonation. And the yeah, lack of I carbonation gives it's a mouthfeel issue, but it also is going to result in the lower head. And I I'm, will ask later if you, uh, uh, you your process for how you filled the actually we talked about you you filled the bottle. Um, you know it's really hard when you don't bottle condition to get the carbonation to be high enough. And there's things you can do. Uh, Gordon Strong's janky method where he has that two liter bottle and like over pressurizes stuff and pours it into like a freezing bottle or something. It's it's really hard when you keg to get the carbonation right when you package. Having said that, really exceptionally well done beer. 
Uh, 37 out of 50, uh, really very good. Uh, a little more carbonation, and this is easily 40-plus point uh, beer. Yeah. And e- even as it is, this is something I can see you know, being a first place at this table and moving on to the best of show round if I were in a competition. I would buy. I would buy this. I would probably get... Two pints. Oh, I'm going to be drinking everything yeah. in my glass while Brian's uh, <laughs> talking about his score sheet here. This, right. this is a good beer. There's more in the bottle there, too. Go for it. All man. right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I was like, you know, boy, that really was filled nearly the cap. And, and you know, when you enter a competition, you might want to be careful because a less experienced judge will will see that and just, like, make assumptions about the beer. Or, Damn, dude. Humble brag. There we go. You know, right there. <laughs> yeah. Says Grandmaster Brian. Uh it was filled nearly to the cap. I got wet opening it. I, that, you know, that pisses people off. No. Me too. I'm mad, and I'm not going to. No. Um, so you get, then that, like, okay, I get past that. I get into the nose. It's like, again, medium, low, dark, dark, bready, malt uh, character, bread crust-like. Only faint roast. Uh, and one of my fa- my biggest pet peeves about, um, you know, less well-made Schwartz beers is the, the roast character is too high. That's usually the biggest fault you get in a in a, in a poorly made Schwartz beer, uh, but this was just smooth and a little, a little hint of roast, but pleasant. No uh, no esters evident. Just seems clean, cleanly lagered. Only very faint floral hop. Uh, no DMS or diacetyl. It's, it's clean, nice, uh, nice, nice, uh, nicely lagered for sure. Um, Appearance wise, very dark brown. Uh, it seems quite clear that you, know, like you do see those highlights, and uh, it started out with a low head of, of pinpoint bubbles. The foam is very fine. You've got a lot of uh, shorter chain proteins in there, creating that fine head. And if you had more carbonation, I am sure it would throw up a nice, you know, uh, uh, fine head of, of uh, tan yeah. uh, uh, bubbles that would would stick around for a little longer. It stuck around for a short time, so I had to knock it down a little bit for. Just for appearance, which is only you know three points total, I dropped it down a point for that. Uh, Flavor-wise, again, clean malt. It's uh, dark bread, bread crust-like character. Just a hint of roast. Um, cleanly lagered, balanced to malt. Uh, the bitterness is low and out of the way. So that yeah, again, I, I really focus in on that on the faint roasted malt edge because if you go. Too heavy, it starts tasting like a, a lagered stout or a porter or something, and it's just weird. Um, but it's not in this case. Uh, just a nice place, slightly cocoa-like. Uh, there's a lot of malt complexity here that if, you know that I like, uh, but it's not over the top either. Low floral hop. It finishes nice and dry. I really did appreciate the the attenuation here as well. We both both Brian and I noticed yeah. that. Right off the bat, it's like, great fermentation. This is like you definitely did the lager right. Yeah, uh, then that dark malt just lingers into the aftertaste, but it, it dries off and then it kind of kind of calms down after a while. But leaves a nice, you know, refreshing aftertaste. And you want another sip. Uh, mouthfeel wise, I'm getting medium light body, medium low <laughs> carbonation, maybe towards low. Uh, no warmth or astringency. Um, it's, it's somewhat creamy and, and definitely refreshing. You know, it's just a nice lager. You could drink a lot of this beer. For a dark beer, this is a refreshing one. You could drink a ton of it. And um, totally. it's a rare thing, you know. Like, well, you can drink a ton of stouts, too, of course. And, you know, but like Imperial, you get into Not like big, lagers, baby. heavy Imperial stouts, and it's like, oh. Let's cool. drink a six-pack of this first. <laughs> right. You can plow through a bunch of these. Uh, a very... Overall, just a very clean drinking Schwartz beer. Only minor issues. Again, the, the CO2 is slightly low. Head retention could improve. Um, I could, you could consider putting possibly just a touch more hop bitterness in this. There's hardly any hop there at all. You don't want it to get too crazy, but but part of the, the style, too, is that the bitterness will come through in the end, too, with the, the roast and the dryness. But it could also be that you know CO2 kind of pushes um, flavors up, too, and gives it a little more prickle, so it might... Um, kind of be there. It's just not expressing itself as well as it could to accent that nice, that nice dry finish that's there. And um, but yeah, again, very good job with restraining the roasts. Um, you could put some other richness in there as well, just a little bit. But I wouldn't change it that much. These are all just fine points. I gave it a thirty nine. I thought it was a very pleasant beer. I thought it was an excellent beer. So um, nicely done. Thank you. Let's let's talk about your recipe. Yeah, Chris, you got that? Yeah. Handy? All right. 
Sure. You want to start with uh, so the recipe here? So yeah. it's about uh, 70% just uh, German Pils malt, uh, 19% Munich 10, uh, 5% Krafa 2, 3.5% uh, Crystal 60, and 2.5% uh, chocolate malts. Yeah. And then, so the 10 gallon batch that I made, so for uh, bittering, I had like eight tenths of an ounce uh, magnum at 60, and then two ounce uh, tetanager at 15. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Then, it was yeah, almost so your, uh, your lagering uh, uh, temperature and your start and your pitch and all that stuff. Sure. So as far as uh, fermentation, um, I used uh, WOP 029, the, the German ale cold cheese. A big starter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did uh, I did big starter for it, and then mm-hmm. I fermented at uh, about like 56 degrees for four to five days, and then I kind of slowly ramped up to 65 yeah. over the next couple of days mm-hmm. to kind of drive out fermentation. And then... Uh, once I uh, finished out, so I, I guess uh, starting gravity was uh, 10.48, mm-hmm. and then once I got around 10.08, I, I cold crashed it down and then signed with gelatin yeah. and uh, kegged it soon after that. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, solid, man. It's nice and light, easy drinking, like really good job here. Thank you for that. Yeah. I liked it. I think it's interesting. I thought the bitterness was really at a good level and really balanced well with the malt, and Brian thought it was a little low. And I a little more bitterness wouldn't hurt, but I, I think that given that Brian and I are both pretty experienced folks. I know, Brian, do you think maybe if he went up like 10%? It's not, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a hot bomb by any stretch of the imagination. But it's, 10, 15% it says, I think um, would still be within a balance the of range. The line I kind of honed in on in the description, and this is, again, not the gospel, it's just the mm-hmm. BJCP guidelines. Aftertaste <laughs> tends to dry out. That's what Gordon would say anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of room for interpretation and styles. Aftertaste tends to dry out slowly and linger, featuring hot bitterness with a complimentary but subtle roastiness in the background. So, yeah. Uh, maybe so when we get them here, they're not... By like 10, 15%, do you think? Just, just a tiny bit, yeah. Yeah, like 10%. Because mm. if Brian and I are both kind of on that cusp, if, I think it, if I'm happy with it but it could use a little more and Brian thinks it's a little low... I, this is not like go do something precipitous like fifty percent, double it. No, yeah. don't, don't, don't it's do a hair that. that like, you don't yeah, think have you a split, little, yeah. little more. Maybe a hair more chocolate malt. Just yeah, real subtle adjustments. Well, but you're, as far as I'm concerned, you can always like have more chocolate yeah, malt. That's true. So uh, don't don't start, get me started talking about chocolate. Malt. I would go pale chocolate. Also, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell chocolate. everybody all the time. I love. Oh, I, I do it all just the time. Throw man. pale chocolate in there, dude. It's the superior. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the Jason of 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 malts. Super it's me. It's me of that's the me of malts. It's and very you go insecure half and, and half, like use yeah. half regular chocolate, half pale chocolate. No, all pale chocolate. I'll tell you yeah, a funny story kidding. about pale chocolate. From what I've heard is, you know, yeah. Phil Montalbano from Fermentation Frenzy in yeah, Los yeah, Altos yeah. way back in the day, before more beer bought them. That's right. He was the guy that had the pale chocolate. It was the early, you know, like 20 years ago was evangelizing pale chocolate. And Fermentation Frenzy was the place you went and got that. And, uh, you know, he's been talking about that for 20 years. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, that stuff is phenomenal. It's People gold, started baby. picking it up. And, you know, that's, that's, that's really good. It helps layer flavor. It's great for beers like this. Absolutely. Chris, what do you think? So, I, I guess as far as the, uh, the bitterness, you think just pop up the 60-minute edition a little bit? Probably don't mess with the 15-minute edition. Just a tiny bit, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay. Yeah, again, it's you don't want it too much, but it's yeah, it should come through just a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, maybe bump it up two minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. It's and not then, even something you're going to notice. This hop really is just going to be accent the bitterness of the, you know, because the the roast is so smooth and the 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 malt character is not bitter at all. It's like really smooth, like the way you did your mashing. I wouldn't change that at all. It's yeah. super like nicely mashed. You must have the right pHs and just got right in the zone there. Uh, but yeah, just a little hop to kind of make it pop a little bit, and like kind of, and that dryness, yeah. Okay. Um, I do have a question. So this is one of the first uh, beers that I did with all our open water, and then 
basically adjusted the mineral content to, I, I think it was uh, dark and malty on uh, green water. Okay. I mean, do you have any comments on that? Do you think water chemistry is where yeah. it should be or... Yeah, hang on a sec, Chris. You were cutting it out, but I think what the question was, you you uh, you played with the water, and do we have any comments on, on you did that? did the dark and malty brewing profile on uh, mm-hmm. the brewer's, uh, brewer's friend. Yeah, 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 but that's that's the, yeah. the gist, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, just making sure that, that, that the guys heard it. All right, go yeah. ahead, guys. I think the water's, water comments. water's great. I don't, you know, it's smooth and it's it's out of the way. Letting the the things shine through that need to, and it's not too minerally, it's not too soft. It's just right. Yeah, to- totally agree. I mean, starting about the time that Palmer's Water Book came out, the uh, amount of flaws that came up in competition about water, like hey, this beer is like licking a rock. What's going on here? Uh, really went up because people started adjusting their water without knowing what they were doing. Uh, if you hadn't told me you adjusted your water, I wouldn't have known. And that's the goal. Right. If, if I can okay. tell you adjusted your water, you've done it wrong, because that means there's too much salt, or that's you a took good point. Too Honestly. much stuff out, or you put you took like you you are you uh, ro'd something, and there's nothing. Now, if if I can tell you played with your water, you've done it wrong. Yeah, that's what, not what, a bad way what the at. water did is it just got you the right pH in your mash and and kept right. it from getting harsh and extracting too many things you didn't want it's just well, you're getting the right zone you're happy your mash is right. happy and your yeast is happy when it gets to those sugars okay and then yeah i think as far as the, the carbonation i just need to work on my my balancing yeah you don't yep. need to buy a fancy <laughs> beer filler but you can you know you can do some the 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 picnic tap thing with a little uh, rubber stopper around it and, f- and fill that way. Freeze your bottles and fill, you know, and then and when the foam comes up, just cap on foam and try to leave a, a high fill. Some judges will mark a beer down. They, they really shouldn't if it tastes great and works perfect otherwise. But I think it might have been what part of what was affecting the carbonation issues here. It, you know, if it was pouring perfectly out of your keg. And um, and you filled the bottles and it came out like this. It's, it might be part of the reason. It's the high fill. Packaging is hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Chris. Well, if there's nothing else, we'll uh, we'll let you go. Yeah, no, I appreciate the comments. It's the first uh, real feedback other than you know drunk guys in my place drink my beer. So it's fucking great, you, bro. bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's not bad feedback to get either. That's that's good that's ego true. ego boosting right there. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, you did. It's all good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thanks, dude. Appreciate Thanks, man. It. Yeah. All right. Thank Bye. you. Later. Good night. Yeah, I like it, man. That was good. It was good stuff. Yeah, nice good beer. Good, yeah, and to get a Schwartz beer on the show once in a while is kind of fun. Absolutely. I like Schwartz beer. It's the style I really like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to give away some Grog Tag stuff, and then we're out of here. It's Dr. Homebrew. Um, stay there. Or no. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 782-7019 and get the five-star treatment today. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for not leaving I appreciate it. I could tell that you guys didn't leave, and I appreciate that. Are you referring to us or to the listeners? Uh, I don't know. Mainly both. the worms in my brain. Um, okay, so we had Chris and Josh on. 
who gets the GrogTag $40 gift certificate. It's $40 for custom homebrew labels or wine labels. I mean, whatever you want to do. Mead. I mean, it's not just beer. You know, 40 bucks is 40 bucks, man. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That would be our airport dwelling friend, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Won the, Josh. The Wow. Good job. But again, a really good. this in like 12 days when he lands and we uh, the archive goes up. That's true. Yeah. He might be stuck in SFO all night, like cursing mm. us because we like made him late to his gate. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they all have to exit the plane because TSA is like, wait, you were calling in the Dr. Homebrew on this plane? What Everyone was this talk about distilled spirits? Do you yeah. have distilled spirits in your bag? Yeah, they're monitoring. Mm. They're monitoring them. They're sure. monitoring the brewing network. Yes, that's what's happening. Is there anything else going on in homebrewing? I don't think there is. There's uh, Well, HomebrewCon coming up in Homebrew the summer. Con. I'm not uh, going. I won't be there. A lot of NHC judging going on this weekend for live listeners mm. who are into judging yeah. or you want to yeah. learn how to judge, go in and steward and help them out. Oh, well, you know what's happening? Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this show already knows, but Spring Fest is happening March 30th, I believe is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so get your tickets now. Uh, just Google Spring Fest, I guess. Something like that. Should be fun. We may come. Yeah, apparently it's not kid-friendly this year. It's not 21 and up. I was going to bring Alice. I was talking to Bev about it. I was like, yeah, because Taryn's going to be out of, uh, out of town at her sister's bridal shower. I'm like, first of all, definitely not going to that. Um, but I was like, maybe I'll take Alice to Spring Fest and show her around and hang out with everybody. And Bev's like, it's 21 and over. I'm like... Hmm. You can't even bring a, t- a one-year-old. I know that's that's but weird. That's the that's the license that we have, I guess. And so yeah. we gotta just, of course, you know, we gotta be legal. You about do what it, you so. gotta do. Yeah. So it's I not a just, Saturday with uh, my daughter, so I might go. But you know, my girlfriend hates beer, so that's the other thing. Is well, you should go taking her for a festival beer festival day is not really a lot of fun. For no, her. no. Uh, email Bev though. Get don't pay for a ticket. You should get a free okay. ticket from Bev. Um, so I might just stay home and stay on Chatterbait. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> As a viewer or shower? Oh, as a performer. What the fuck are you kidding me, dude? Give me those tokens, daddy. Let's go. Tokens. I need the fucking tokens. All right. We're going to get out of here. We're going. Why? We're having so much fun. Uh, One more uh, uh, 200 tokens and I show feet. That's kind of my uh, thing. That's kind of gross. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Dr. Homebrew. Uh, If you want more shows like this, well, there are none out there. There's just our back catalog because we're the only show that has two Grandmaster BJCP judges on and will live feedback your beer. So you can't find it. If you don't like it, you're screwed. you got to stick with it. So there's that. There's a whole bunch of other shows on the Bring Network. Uh, Heads and Tails, of course, with uh, Warren and myself, which I'm, of course, the better part of that whole thing. Hmm. um, Lunch meets the less Bearded one, maybe. I like that. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we will see you later. Send us beer.